Grandstand Rugby. This is the Lions Cage on ABC Grandstand Digital and online. Hello and welcome to the Lions Cage with Tim Gable ahead of the second test between the Wallabies and the British and Irish Lions in Melbourne. The Wallabies have been forced to make two changes to their starting side. Kirtley Beale will start at full-back with Beric Barnes injured and Joe Timone replaces the injured Digby Iwane on the wing. For Joe Timone, it's a welcome return. He played his first test a year ago against Scotland before being injured. He now plays his second test a year later after recovering from a toe injury. Well, Joe, everything all right? You're going to be right to play? Oh, yeah, I'm fit and I'm healthy and I'm ready, so... You know, provided I'm selected, yeah, I guess I'll be ready. Um, you know, it's out of me and Kama, and hopefully um, whoever gets picked out of me and him does the job and we get the result. All right. It was a toe injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's big toe. So there's no real effect? I mean, the last test you played, first test you played was against Scotland a year ago, so, and you got injured, so you'd be hoping to, to play your second test a year apart almost. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that's never been done before. I think um, play play, you know, your second test exactly a year later. But you know, yeah, hopefully, you know, if I am selected, I'm going to put my heart and soul into this team, and hopefully, we get the result. The Lions Cage on ABC Grandstand Digital. In a moment, we'll hear from Ben Moen and Kane Douglas about life in Camp Wallaby after the first test loss and the lead-up to the second. But firstly, here are some of the highlights from the first test. The quick tap is taken by Guinea. He goes himself, Will Guinea, almost up to the halfway line. He's still going. Guinea over the halfway line. What a brilliant run. Kicks the ball through. It's going to be picked up by Folau. Sprint for the line. Try! Folau is over for the Wallabies. North is back there. High near. He takes it well. He charges onto the ball. He's over the halfway line under clear space as he comes towards Barnes now. Beats Barnes. He's going for the line. Guinea coming across. North is going to score. A remarkable try. For the British and Irish Lions. Wallabies changing the course of attack as it goes now to Douglas. Does the run around with Guinea. Wide it goes to Moore through the hands. Opportunity here for Israel. Folau is over the halfway. He comes towards North. Beats him. Then it comes to Cutman. Try! What a great try from Israel Folau. He beat four tacklers. Wider still to Cuthbert. Cuthbert straight up the centre. Still going Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Try! Alex Cuthbert has scored a great try for the Lions and he puts the ball down. Has the ball lined up now, 45 metres up, this to win the game for the Wallabies. Lions lead by two, 23-21. This will make it 24-23, right on full time. As he looks at the uprights a couple of times, really concentrating hard. Steadies himself now, moves towards the ball, kicks it towards the upright, slips as he comes towards the ball, and the ball bounces just before the post. It's gone dead in goal, and surely that's the ball game. 23-21, Lions over the Wallabies. Stay up to date with the British-Irish Lions Tour. On ABC Local Radio. And on Grandstand Digital. Well, Ben Moen and Kane Douglas were outstanding in Brisbane. Well, Ben, what was the first test like for you? You'd made your debut last weekend? Yeah, look, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, you know, obviously to do it in front of my home crowd was extremely special. I had all my um, family and friends there cheering hard, and uh, you know, just just getting that that chance to sing the anthem um, in Brizzy at Suncorp made was just you know, it was a dream come true. What was the feeling like in the team in the lead up to this second test? Uh, we were down, even though you scored two tries apiece, and goal kicking probably wasn't what wasn't on that night. What was the feeling like in the team? 
No, look, uh, obviously the, the initial feeling was extremely disappointing uh, for the guys. You, you never leave a, a loss like that and feel good about it. Um, but upon, upon reflection, and, and we've done a bit of analysis this week, we feel like there's plenty of scope for improvement. Um, you know, and saying that it was our first hit out for the year, and you know, we, you can already see in the way that the guys have trained in the last couple of days that we've gone to that next level, um, which you know, combination under under pressure does to a side. You that gives you that confidence to go on with it. So, look, we'll be looking forward to a, another big big game Saturday night. Just on the, making a debut, was it everything that you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was definitely. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it seems to go by so quick. You know, you spend your basically your whole life dreaming about that game, and then um, eighty minutes flies by. So, look, I think the um, one of the, most, the things I'm most important, uh, excited about is just getting back on the field. It was it was extremely rewarding um, to get that chance. But then, you know, you go through that game and you know for me personally I was reasonably happy with the way I went but there's so much more you want to do so you know to get another opportunity uh, if I get it this Saturday night would be great. What about within the team do you feel as though you belong? Yeah I do um, you know and I also, also feel like um, you know I'm, although I was a debutant I'm, I'm one of the older players um, so you know I, I, I guess you know, if I, I know personally, if I'd had this opportunity very early on in my career, I think I, I would have been um, a hell of a lot nervous than I would have been. I don't think I could have put a performance in um, like I did on Saturday night. If it had been earlier in my career, I think I've gained a lot of maturity throughout my Super Rugby career. And um, you know, I, I'm not only as as a football football player, sorry, but as a person. So I think that put me in good stead for Saturday night. You feel as though you know you've made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, you know you've given up alcohol, amongst other things. You, you, you've decided to stay in Australia, play Super Rugby. Do you feel as though the sacrifices are worthwhile now? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, you got to if you if you want to if you want a big reward, you got to make big decisions like that. And, and um, you know, they're not always easy decisions to make. They're always, now, a lot of the time, they're they're ones that take you well outside your comfort zone, but. Now, I've certainly found throughout my career, any time I've, I've pushed myself outside my comfort zone, it usually you know, leads to a huge reward. So, um, you know, I'm going to continue to try and push those things. Well, Kane, uh, you've experienced a test against the Lions. Was it everything that you, th- you thought there was going to be? Yeah, definitely, and more. It was, um, it was awesome atmosphere, and yeah, it was a r- really tough game. It would have been, would have been better for the win, but... It's always hard, isn't it, bringing you know, Brumbies, Melbourne Rebels and Waratahs and Reds all together, isn't it? Yeah, well, you generally think they sometimes hate each other when, you, when you're playing each other, but, yeah, it's, um, yeah we, we'll come, to, come together pretty quickly. Like so, Some guys, you probably have um, preconceived ideas of, like, you, you sort of play against them and you're always like, oh, bloody hell, I'm playing that guy this week. But, um, but yeah, when, when, you're in the, when you're wearing the same jersey and the same um, kit all week, it's... And you, you just become really good mates, and, and all, yeah, all the boys are, are bonding really well. Do you feel young having George Smith in the in the squad? I mean, he's he's been around forever. This is his second experience against a British and Irish Lions team, uh, twelve years apart. Yeah, I feel um, I feel pretty young. But there's a couple of younger boys like Hoops and and Gillian that are, are like 21 or something. So um, yeah, I, I definitely don't feel definitely don't feel old. Um, it's good having them older guys around and. You just you can ask them questions about about their experiences and what about Israel? I mean, obviously a New South Wales teammate. Uh, do you feel as though he's really enjoying the experience of, of being a Wallaby? Yeah, I think so. I think hopefully he signs again for next year or 
or something. He's um, yeah, he's been he's been awesome to have around, breath, breath of fresh air, and and he's he's so humble and, and he's he's pretty funny sort of guy. He's he's quiet, but he's says a few jokes every now and then, and he um, yeah, and you just you see him, you get the ball in his hand, and he. You just, I, I sort of sometimes relax a bit, and you're like, oh, what's he going to do? Whether I should be sort of still working and in support or something. But you just like, every time we see him get the ball, he's just, you know, he's going to do something good, and he's got awesome footwork, and he can just sort of get inside people, and he's yeah, he's a freak of nature, as as um, they said before. Yeah. Stay up to date with the British Irish Lions tour with the Lions Cage, available online and on iTunes. Welcome back to the Lions Cage with Tim Gable ahead of the second test in Melbourne and former Wallaby greats Michael Liner and David Campisi are in town for the test. Firstly, here's Michael Liner. Well, Michael, uh, you're back in Australia. Lions are out here. Uh, obviously, they won the first test. What's your impression of Australian rugby at the moment? Well, it's in pretty good shape. I mean, they played pretty well and to be in a position to win the game after all the injuries we've had during the game, all the disruptions, was a pretty good effort, I thought. And, you know, I don't think anybody would have... Um, said that the Wallabies didn't deserve to win the game if they did. And, you know, also we've had a lot of injuries beforehand, but so the depth is good at the moment, which is unusual for Australian rugby, and um, maybe that was a came from last year where we had a lot of injuries and we brought a lot of new guys in that would probably wouldn't have got a chance, so that stood us in pretty good stead. But at the moment it's all okay, you know, we're heading there, and the Lions have certainly made, created a lot of interest in the sport here in Australia. James O'Connor's been retained for the second test at fly half. He came under fire a little bit for not sort of, I guess, getting the ball out quickly enough to the likes of Israel Folau. Do you see him evolving as a fly half? I do. I don't... You know, we mentioned earlier about being disturbed. You know, he lost his um, centre partner after five seconds. He lost his second one after however long that was. And then he had a flanker standing beside him. So I, I think that's a pretty... Um, you know, extenuating circumstances to actually gives him a pretty good excuse that he didn't get the ball to full hour enough. But I think they would have worked on that during the week. And you know, it's not so much they could also use Falau as a decoy as well because the Lions will be watching him very closely. And uh, he's a great player. And thank God, you know, he's come along because he's a very exciting fellow as well. I thought James O'Connor deserves another chance. I think last week the circumstances he found himself made it very difficult for him to excel as a half, a fly half. Are you surprised that Quade Cooper's not there? Not this weekend. I was surprised that he wasn't in the squad way back. Um, you know, I'm not Robbie Deans, but I would have had him in my squad. Um, mainly, even if you weren't going to play him, you bring him in-house and put him in the squad and control him from in there, release him back to play the Reds, but you've got him under your wing. And rather than having all of us talk about him for the last two months when he's not even in the team. So he's irrelevant at the moment. We've got our squad out there, we've got our team out there, and they're the guys that have got to do the job. How big a test is this one on Saturday night, given that the Lions won the first? In the context of Australian rugby, just how important is this test? Well, we've got to win it, otherwise the third becomes irrelevant as well. Um, I think we've got the where for all to do so. And it's, for rugby here in the country, Taking it to the third test would create an enormous amount of interest in the game. Not that there isn't already, but you know we, we're sitting behind rugby league and Aussie rules, particularly down here in Melbourne, and uh, we've got to do everything we can in rugby to try and build this sport up a little bit more. After it's been in the doldrums in the last few years in terms of crowd support, etc., and you know win-loss record both Australia and Super Rugby, apart from the Reds, has not been so great. And I always use the Waratahs as a bit of a a bellwether for how Australian rugby's going and over the last few years they haven't been going so well. This year 
they seem to be heading in the right direction. I think next year they'll be, they'll be a good team. So that's good for Australian rugby. But if we can beat the Lions this weekend, take it to a third deciding test and win, lose or draw that one, I think that create a huge amount of interest in rugby, more so than what we've had just with the Lions being here. And what about your health? Of course, you had a stroke. Everything OK? Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm pretty lucky. Um, it's about 15 months now since it happened, and I'm happy to be back here in Australia. I'm happy to be anywhere, actually, but um, my sight's not great, um, but I can deal with that. And um, physically, I'm fine and pretty healthy and just enjoying being around. And you know, I've been away for a long time in terms of away from the family on this trip, so I'm looking getting, getting back to see them, but uh, everything's pretty good. And what about rugby? I mean, obviously, it's almost like an ambassadorial role, isn't it, when you go around talking about rugby? Yeah. Do you feel as though you've got to constantly talk it up? Why, why do you think rugby is in, in the doldrums to a certain degree? Is it the rules? Is it the competition from other sports, lack of success? What, what is it? I think it's all of those things. Um, the rules aren't easy for new people coming in, and there's a lot of interpretations, but that's also you know, a lot of grey areas that referees decide on, so that's... That's also one of the beauties about rugby. There is human error involved, and it's not so clinical as it, you know other sports, I guess. Um, I love other sports. I, I love sport, but rugby's my game, and that's what I played. And you know, for the rest of my life, I'll be talking about it. I'm not sort of so ambassadorial. It's just what I do. And a long time ago, I sort of, you know, I didn't particularly like sort of walking around the streets and people harassing you and all that sort of thing. But then I realised, well, that's me. You know, I played for Australia a few times, and you know, I'm known in England as well where I live and I just sort of find that once you accept that that's part of your life and it's a really really good part of your life and you want to be uh, rather than pushing it away you embrace it and once you get over that sort of hurdle I, I, I quite like being involved and I'm just very lucky that some of the work that I do takes me to places like Melbourne to watch the Lions play Australia in a second test. I'm very very fortunate. Cabo, great to be back in Australia watching Australian rugby. Oh it's a bit cold for me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, look, it, it's I watch it every weekend, obviously in South Africa on Super Sports. So it's actually be good to actually watch a game live and see how it, you know what really happens. What about Australian rugby? Do you, do you think it's evolving? What, what are your impressions of Australian rugby at the moment? Well, it's very difficult because you're only here for three weeks, so you don't really see obviously the Super uh, Rugby's uh, having the rest. Um, you know, and I think what what I saw on Saturday night was. Realistically, you, you can't really rest players before a test match because, you know, the Wallabies, the injury toll was was amazing. You know, one game and physically, you need to play week in, week out. Um, you know, I I keep on saying I still don't understand the, the style of rugby we want to play um, because we have got some fantastic in, uh, individual backs, but they don't seem to be uh, sort of combining very well. Uh, I thought Will Genny on Saturday night was fantastic. I think he played nine and ten. I don't think James O'Connor is number ten at all. Um, taking the goal kick and, you know, when you missed a few shots and then giving it away to someone else, sort of demonstrated, you know, you, you've got to back yourself all the time. Um, and we're just a bit disjointed. Uh, we've got some really good wingers. Uh, Falau played fantastically well. Uh, but we just seem to have, you know, we had a, a number 10 at 15 and a 15 at 10, and that's just not how we play. Israel Falau, being a winger yourself, can you see him being a dominant force in, in rugby in the future? Yeah, look, I think he took his opportunity as well. Um, the Lions obviously hadn't seen him before, so they didn't really know what to expect. But with a player like that, you need someone at 13, like a Conrad Smith, to actually look after him as well. Um, and we haven't got that in Australia. We haven't got that 13, that old traditional 13, which is a, a sort of a, a bit of a ball player to or create space outside. 
uh, we got guys who, who are runners, and and that's our problem. We got we haven't really got a backline that sort of uh, flows or is very consistent. Um, we, we chop and change depends how you go and. The whole idea of a backline is, you know, you need 10 and 12 to keep the opposition guessing. 13 is a guy to also create space on the outside, and you've got the guys to finish. We don't really see that anymore. Uh, Falau on Saturday night was a, a dream de 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 debut, uh, but he took his opportunities, you know, that he had, and there wasn't many, uh, but what he did w was fantastically well. Uh, do you think we're overcoached a bit in Australia, or world rugby, really? Yeah, look, I think it's getting to the stage now where rugby is, you know, the coaches are, are dominant. They, they actually tell you what to do. And, you know, you've got runners who run on the field every five seconds talking to players. I mean, it's the players have got to start thinking for themselves. You know, you've got to get them at a certain age and say, right, just at half time, what's wrong? What's happening out there? And the coaches tell them is everything. You know, the coaches, there's so much um, and analysts go into the sports. You know, at half time, we've seen this, you know, statistics, pass, kick. You know, they say how many times the ball's kicked, but they don't say how many bad kicks they are. And, um, I think we just got to go back and let the coaches coach the, and the players actually allow it on the field to make decisions. Um, and on Saturday night, you know, I can show you a lot of times when the play was 15 metres and there was nobody down the blind, but nobody goes there because the structure tells you this is how we play the game. There's no freedom of speech anymore. Is it killing rugby to a certain degree? When you watch rugby as a spectacle and you remember the days of, of running rugby with the likes of the Ellers, yeah. even Joe Roth and, and Griggan and Markham, we, we just don't seem to see that anymore, do we? No, well, it was interesting because I played in that uh, classic Wallabies game a couple of years ago against the classic All Blacks up in Ballymore, and George was playing, and I haven't seen George, obviously, since probably the 90s. And uh, we used to have this move called Minties, so if I was on the wing, I saw Minties, which means there was the wing was up flat and the ball, there was a little chip. So I saw this in the game, I said, Minties, Minties! And George went to home and passed the ball. I said, Minties! He came back five minutes later and said, jeez, I haven't heard that for a while. I said, OK, right on. The game's changed. But, um, yeah, it has changed. And, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, I think we've seen um, foreign coaches not really. I don't think they suit Australia. We've seen the cricket, obviously, Mickey <laughs> go. Um, you know, I've been saying for he just, I don't think he understands the way we play. We don't, we're not Kiwis. Um, and Jake White's, you know, we're not South Africans, we're Australians. And we are different. And you've got to express yourself, and that's how guys like Quay Cooper do it. You know, he goes out there, he's going to try and spot a gap and go for the gap. A lot of the other players will play because they're told to play. This is what we want you to do, do it. And we've got to get away from that. So you're surprised that Quaid isn't there? Yeah, look, I think that uh, after Saturday night, you know, because Deans was talking about Cooper's defence, uh, uh, James O'Connor wasn't seen at all as number 10. He was just not there. Um, I would put, you know, I would put Curtly Bill at 10 and James back to fullback because he's a fullback. And Curtly Beal is a, is a good player. He came on and did very well. You know, his troubles, that's, you know, that's what happens. But he's, um, unfortunate, last kick, I was watching, I was doing the commentary, and I watched when he slipped over, and his back of his boot was full of mud. I mean, for an international over, it was a disgrace. You need, you know, a chance to win a game. You, you've got to have the ground firm, but it wasn't a good, wasn't a good over. But, uh, you know, it's finished now. We've got to move on. So I would put Cooper on the bench and bring him on 20 to go. You um, are involved in coaching. I mean, you, you, you're doing coaching courses and whatnot. Would you like to become a full-time coach? Uh, do, you look, do I look stupid? No. Every, every man his dog's after you if you're a coach. No, I'm, I'm quite happy. I coach uh, six to uh, 18, 19-year-olds, and I actually enjoy the six-year-olds because they actually listen to you. But, um, no, I, I, do, I help the IRB out overseas, and, 
you know, as I said here, I was struggling to get a job because I didn't tick the right boxes, but I'm, I'm quite happy over there. It's great. I'm enjoying it. Um, get the travel. Went to Zimbabwe last year, helped you in the 20s before the championship. I coach uh, in Stellenbosch with the IRB for all the um, second-tier countries. Um, and it's just great to be involved, and I love going out there and having fun. That's what it's all about. No desire to become a Wallaby coach in the future no, then? No, thanks. No, I would, I would never do that, and I would never get the job, number one. I don't, uh, I'm not very good at PowerPoint presentations. Do you, do you feel as though, because you have been so outspoken, uh, that it's cruel any chance that you might have of, of getting jobs in rugby in Australia? No, oh, look, it doesn't really bother me now. Look, I'm, you know, I'm old now, I don't really care. I'm just happy with what I'm doing. I've got three great ki kids in South Africa. I'm coaching, I'm on super sport. You know, I love giving analysis of the games and, um, and just it's good to see. You know, if somebody wants help, I'll help them. I've just been to Wales for three weeks and I coached... Uh, a club side and three lots of kids. You know, I always offer to go and help because I think it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Almost a roving ambassador for rugby oh, these yeah. days. Yeah, overseas, yeah, it's great, yeah. What, what about South African rugby? I mean, it is the number one sport there, isn't yeah, it? Definitely. Whereas in Australia, rugby's in competition with rugby league, AFL, soccer, yeah. cricket even. Yeah, look, it's, it's great to be... Um, it's the, the number one sport and it's great to be around, but it's... Um, you know, they struggle as well in attack. I mean, they're, they're very, very structured as well. Um, with the blue balls, the way they play and all that, the Sharks' troubles and the Stormers are very, uh, very defence orientated. So obviously, I'm trying to get there and help um, and give the, the the provinces and the kids an opportunity to say, right, catch, pass, run straight, communicate. Really, that's because a lot of teams don't talk over there. So really, it's just giving a different point of view. It's not like coming over. I said, look, I'm here not here to take over. Here's a different way of playing. Here's an opportunity. Go out and play. So. Um, I did one last year, one of those Investec Academies, which is like the Murray Mixed did in New Zealand, and I said to the guys under 18, I said, here's a chance of your lifetime. I said, you're going to find I'll be the best coach you've ever had. He said, why? He said, just go and play. No structure, just go and play. Whatever's in front, play to it. So you've got to try and bring that back, and I think that's where rugby's missing. It's so structured now. We've got to get back to the players actually allowed to think. You know, Because as I said, you know, in the old days, coaches weren't allowed on the oval. He'd send down a note by the reserve, and the... the give it to the captain, the captain will talk to the team and say, right, we're going to do this, and we did it. Now they sit in the classroom like after half-time in a little chair and the coach is talking to them. <laughs> you and Mackenzie, you reckon he should be the next coach? Yeah, I don't know what's wrong there. I mean, Link, he played in the World Cup. He's coached around the world. He's actually taken Queensland from last to first. He's still around. What is wrong? What is the story here? What's uh, because he's upset a few people? Bizarre. I mean, if he doesn't get the job, it just shows a mockery of the whole situation because he's gone through the system. So why not give the guy the job? You know, I mean, I, I just don't understand. I, honestly, I don't understand. I mean, John O'Neill didn't like him. He's gone. And obviously some of the board members don't like Linky because he's allowed players to speak their minds. I mean, rugby is a, is a sport, you know. I mean, we, we, need, we need guys like Linky because obviously he can c control Cooper. Uh, Queensland are doing very well, so obviously the, he's got something there. But yet, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand him in Australia. So I don't know what you know. Given your status in Australian rugby, as was recognised the other day, would you like to have a greater say in the way that rugby is run in Australia? I think I have a big enough say as it is. Um, yeah, look, you know, I, I, I believe you also. You know, if you get an opportunity to speak your mind, you smile. My, I do, and I think the reason is because, you know. I'm very passionate about the sport. I still love the game. It's a great game, but I just think it's it's been destroyed a bit by the officials instead of allowing the, the people to express themselves a lot more. David Campisi, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks.
David Campisi. We'll have more from the Lions Cage in just a moment with Ben Alexander, who's playing his 50th test on Saturday night. There's a break here. He's over! He's charged onto the ball. He's going to score under the post. He's got the pace. He's going to score the try here, I think. For your latest rugby fix, join me, Patrick Folks, every Monday from 5 on ABC Grandstand Digital as we look at rugby union from the grassroots level all the way to the international scene. He's dangerous. He throws a dummy. He's stepping. He's going to score if he gets a pass away. What a try. The Clubhouse. The Clubhouse. Every Monday from 5 on ABC Grandstand Digital. Welcome back to the Lions Cage with Tim Gable in the lead-up to the second test against the Lions. And the test will be the 50th for prop Ben Alexander. Well, Ben, uh, about to play your 50th test, it's a huge milestone, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's something I never thought, thought I'd get to, but in saying that, you know, it's, it's, it's not the focus. My focus is, you know, making sure I prepare as best I can and get ready for, uh, for what's going to be a massive match on Saturday and, and hopefully, you know, squaring up the series. When you say you wouldn't have thought about it, had you dreamt as a young kid playing for the Wallabies in the first place? Oh, I, I just, my, my dad always t- told me, just, just do what's fun, do what you enjoy, and I just played rugby because I enjoyed it. Um, I had never any ambitions really to play professionally when I finished school. I you know, made a few rep sides, but just came down to Canberra for university and just, just played because I enjoyed it and didn't, don't really know what a weekend's like without it. And um, I never thought I was good enough, but you know, I slowly started to realise that if I trained harder and... Um, set my goals high that I, I could get where I, you know, where I wanted to, and um, and yeah, so yeah, very very happy and uh, yeah, very unexpected. If you asked me this five five six years ago or even a few years ago, you know, that I get to this milestone, something you know, I wouldn't have believed you. Were you always going to be a prop? I wasn't. I was a second rower at first. I used to pack behind Benny Robbo when we were younger, um, but uh, Mr. Inwood, my fifteen A's or B's coach, said, "Mate, you're starting to fill out a bit much. I think you got to." Moved to the front row, so in there I stayed. And never looked back? Do you feel as though you know, you've really matured as a front row? Because it takes a while, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to, to scrummaging and, uh, and to that, to the, you know, the, 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 well, not the less obvious parts of the game, you know, the stuff that, you know, that goes unseen, you know, there's, there's just so much detail around that. And, and obviously, you know, you develop your strength and, and, and your physical aspects as you get older as well. And um, I definitely feel I'm getting better. Uh, as a player, as I get older, and um, you know, and I'd like to think you know, I'm nowhere near my best yet. I still feel you know, I've got a lot more left in the tank, and I'm um, a lot more improving to do. Props love scoring tries, but even greater thrill is a, a tight head against the feed, as was the case in the first test on your own goal line. Yeah, mate, they're much better than scoring tries. I promise you. Um, yeah, there's a, it's a sense of you know, a lot of teamwork about you know, scrummaging and the, there's a lot of blokes that you know the push that don't get any credit when you know Michael if, if the scrum's a turnover you know the, the props get the credit for it but it, um, you know it's a lot of selflessness by the back five to push hard and you know they don't get credit for it but it's you know that's where um, a lot of that you know where, where, where those results come from and uh, it's just yeah much satisfying you know a team result a team effort to to get a push over like that is. Uh, and to earn a penalty in, in a crucial stage of a match is something you know, very, very satisfying. And uh, the boys as a group are extremely you know, proud of that we dug in and uh, kept fighting to put, put ourselves in a position to win the game. What has been the focus this week? What are you talking about? Yeah, we worked on, you know, we, we said, you know, in a lot of areas we're happy that it was a good baseline. Uh, you know, for our first hit out for the year, you know, it's... You know, it's documented. You know that we've we've always struggled our first hit out of the year. You know, we lost to Scotland last year, Samoa the year before that. So we 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 were quite happy with 
um, it as a baseline, but there was a lot of areas in, in all aspects that needed to be stepped up on. Um, we always spoke about D, we spoke about our attack, uh, scrummaging, our mauling, our line-outs, everything, you know, kick chase, kicking game. Uh, it, while it was it was good for first hit out, you know, it wasn't it wasn't where it's going to need to be if we're going to win the series and, and win on Saturday. So, you know, we, we didn't really just focus on one area too much. So the, the spirit's pretty high. I mean, it was a loss. You scored two tries apiece. Uh, if if you'd kicked a few goals, possibly you would have won it. And does it change the mood a little bit? Oh, it definitely gives us um, you know confidence that we feel that we should have won the game. You know, we didn't, and we've got no more chances left. You know, uh, so I think you'll see the desperation in the side will be up even more on last week. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're confident going in this game. You know, we feel we've got another week under our belts. Um, you know, we've had a hit out together. You know, combinations will be stronger this week. Um, and yeah, we're just excited. We just can't wait for Saturday night. And how's your body feeling? 50 test matches of scrums. Yeah, it feels good. Uh, back needs a little breather from time to time. But um, Dean, Dean Benton and, and all the guys down at the Brums do a great job uh, you know, preparing our bodies and giving us stuff. I mean, it's... I feel better than I did, you know, a few years ago. Um, you know, Dean's really opened my eyes to the world of flexibility and how that can um, help with aches and pains and um, also increase you know, the ability to get through more work. And so I definitely feel, you know, fresher than I did a couple of years ago. You know, like I said before, I still feel like a lot more footy left in me. And um, while the body will hold up, you know, the mind and uh, the fire is still there in me to, to keep going. And with the 50, how many, how many tickets did you have to get? Uh, I only had to get seven. So I uh, got the missus, uh, my folks, both my brothers and um, some family friends of it, mine, well my parents who, they were the ones that convinced my parents to let me and my younger brother start playing rugby because my parents had no idea what rugby was. So they're coming down, uh, yeah, because without them, the Luxfords, it, it wouldn't have been, wouldn't, me and my brothers wouldn't have been playing. Good on you. Thanks very much for that, Benny, all the best. Thanks, Timmy. Wallabies prop, Ben Alexander. And this has been the Lions Cage with Tim Gable. This podcast is available on iTunes and on the Grandstand website. We'll have more next week.